Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. I don't really know how to start this one. I assume that you guys have more questions from me than I necessarily have information to just randomly start presenting. I have a sound effect. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got a switch tester then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got a switch. Uh, so, uh, yeah, keyboards, huh? Yep. So what led you to being a keyboard nerd? <laughs> so... A while ago, over a year ago, probably like nearly 18 months ago, somebody asked me a question on one of my shows, which was like, you seem to really love pens. Uh, I think that you would be interested in a mechanical keyboard hobby because there's a lot of overlaps. Mm-hmm. And I'd never really paid any attention to it because it's like, ah, you know, Razer keyboards or whatever, like these RGB yeah. things, it's like they're ugly, right? Mm-hmm. And then, in having a conversation, I ended up coming across mechanical ergonomic keyboards, like split keyboards, like I'd been using. Because, like people, after I'd spoken about this, people started sending them into me, and I'd been using a split keyboard, which it's fine. It's the Microsoft one; it's fine. And so, I ended up getting a couple of these things. And one of the ones that I, the, the one that I settled on that I really liked was called the Digma Rays, D Y G M A Rays, and it's like a split uh, ergonomic keyboard. It has cool RGB. It looks pretty nice, and uh, you can replace all the switches and the keycaps and stuff, right? Mm. So like that, and so I was like, oh okay. So I tried it out and I liked it for a while, and then I was kind of just starting to as I was because I was doing some searches online for these types of products, I started getting Instagram ads for other <laughs> yeah, keyboard-related things, right? And also content creators. So people that post on Instagram, you know, the cool keyboards that they make, but maybe they buy an ad every now and then so it gets surfaced to people that fall in those interest buckets. So I ended up starting following a couple of people on Instagram and then like you know people would post a keyboard that they've made and some key- oh, like and some keycaps that they're enjoying or whatever and they would tag the companies that made the stuff so then i would take a look at those accounts and maybe start following them so really it became like a i'm just following a bunch of instagram accounts type thing and i find yeah. these pictures nice to look at or whatever and then i started being like oh if i wanted to buy one of these things how would i do that and I started looking around and quickly starting to realize that nothing is ever in stock. None of the stuff you want is ever in stock anywhere. It's all done by group buyers. And that's a phrase. It's like pre-ordering. Basically Kickstarter, right? Here's yeah. the thing we want to make. Give us a bunch of money and we'll make it. But it's not done through Kickstarter and stuff like that. It's It's typically done through established vendors, right? So like... A website, say, like Novel Keys is one of them, uh, and you would give them a bunch of money. They would work with designers. Like designers would work with these companies. They have the relationships with the keycap vendors or whatever to make the stuff and ship it out. You know, what used to be three months later now is like over a year later because 
the hobby is growing so much and the manufacturing is trying to catch up right so like a few yeah. things happened just like an explosion at the hobby during the pandemic from both a yeah. people wanting to make things and people wanting to buy things and there's one company that makes the best type of keycaps which are uh, gmk is the company and they are trying to scale up their production but it's taking time and so you know i bought a, a keycap set uh 13 months ago that i might get in june <laughs> <laughs> right it, it, okay yeah so so the basic components of this are you have like a frame like a keyboard yep. like a plastic frame and mm, then there's a, a pcb right a yeah plate, so the frame called? okay so like the frame can be made out of all kinds of materials yeah um so like just to, to write it out just quickly then I start, so basically from there i started following some twitch streamers once i got into twitch streaming like watching those it was like off to the races i'm buying all kinds of stuff right so that was like the last and your stream and you stream i stream like the, now the build your builds yeah so people stream their builds and you know like hey i'm going to try out these switches or these keycaps or we're going to build this whole keyboard today that kind of thing um, mm-hmm. And it's it's basically its own form of content creation, ultimately. Like, but it's mostly all done on Twitch. Uh, but do you do you find that people are tuning? Like, is it like they're there for the conversation and they kind of want to see your reaction to the finished like keyboard, yep. or do they, is it like they just like watching this methodical process of putting the keys in? I mean, what do you, what is your sense of like what is bringing people there to is a, a stream of people building a keyboard? There <laughs> is know? a like, style that has been created and adapted by people. I don't exactly know who the first person was to stream keyboards in this way, but the most popular keyboard streamer uh, his name is Nathan. It's Teha Types is his uh, Twitch account. He kind of, I think, popularized a style that lots of people, including me, follow, which is you have some nice music playing, some like calming music playing in the background, and a camera like mostly overhead, so people can watch what you're doing, and you are streaming and people asking you questions and you're talking but there are long sections of just silence and basically people tend to put these things on in the background Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. will watch intensely during certain parts of a build process or whatever yeah because they want to see how something feels because i mean people aren't learn. it's not like there's a lot to learn in terms of the bill. It's not like you're watching some YouTube carpentry sh- thing or something. No, but it's you like... can learn. So I, I have learned everything that I have learned. I have learned through watching Twitch streams. And when I was yeah. getting ready to build my first keyboard, like including soldering it, mm-hmm. I watched a stream of someone building one and took notes. And I know yeah. other people that have done this too. So you, you, you learn a lot of stuff through osmosis, but they're not instructional videos yeah yeah but when you say that like someone might tune in to really pay attention to at one point in the build what is that point is it like is there some point where they really want to see something like what what are they seeing well what are they looking for what i can't like people put it on the background and then they may pay attention more to a certain part of it and that might be like maybe whatever you like to look at whether it's uh, the keycaps being put on so when the boards coming together. There are sound tests that people do. So like, the, you know, or maybe you like, 
you know, there's like a, you may be just like, oh, you hear, oh, okay, take a, you know, look at this thing and th- th- let me show you how this part of the PCB gets mounted into the case and it's interesting and different and people mm-hmm. will take a look at it. And it ended up really, it's like it's an industry which is growing past the point in which it could sustain itself and now it's trying to grow again. Like there, there was like an inflection point over the last year um, and now it's like settling out to be a very different um, kind of hobby to what it was before. It was very much like a cottage industry, you know? And now it, yeah. it has really become a vastly different thing. You know, like someone may have sold, say, a couple of hundred keyboards, you know, from this like keyboard design they're working on. And now it can easily stretch into the thousands of units. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the thing that's interesting to me is like, I mean, are most people who are interested in this they're building a keyboard from a kit from not a kit of parts necessarily but like parts from different vendors and they're kind of like putting it all together because it's generally modular right and you're like mm-hmm. you're kind of constructing your own little custom keyboard yeah and it's a lot about the building of it and getting the parts and stuff right and is yeah. that like the culture of it yeah the customization is the biggest part so, because people aren't, it's not like there's these websites where it's like we have a thousand SKUs of all these different custom completed keyboards, right? Like yeah, I no. haven't, no, right? It's and like so that. it's interesting. I wonder if it will change where, because like building your own keyboard is in like researching it and finding all the different parts and bringing them together. Like that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And I, I wonder if it will turn into like, oh, someone wants a turnkey solution that's either a kit that's all together or like just a keyboard. So that's starting to happen a bit more now. So some of the uh, more kind of like enterprising companies in this space are basically creating desirable all-in-one packages. Yeah. Which you can still later on customize however you want. But, you know, like we're going to sell you this keyboard with these switches and these keycaps with a cool cable in a carrying case all in one. Gotcha. Right. So the the main components are keycaps, the things you like touch that are typically plastic, right? The yep. key switch, the thing that like moves, and then that key switch is on like a PCB, right? And that and there might be like a plate or something. There's right? all, Some they, like... Typically always a plate. And the plates can vary in material and they have different feels to them. But you you are yeah. like fixing, like like you're pushing their switches into the plate and they kind of clip into the plate. And then... Oh, and the PCB is just kind of there. That's And then there's like pins on the switches that go into the PCB. Uh, and you have to solder them always or no? No, you They're can either do right? solderable or what's called hot swap. And hot swap gotcha. means that you can swap out the switches however many times you want, really, and you can try out new yeah. ones and that kind of stuff. And then the last piece, well, the last two pieces, there's like a case that mm-hmm. all that stuff goes in, and then there's like a cable, right? That yeah, typically a cable. Case. Bluetooth is a thing, right? Like you mm-hmm. can, but it's rare because it restricts yeah. the materials that you can use and the way that they're constructed. So, uh, yeah. and also like now, like cables are, are become an aesthetic thing. Yeah, yeah. So there isn't, I don't think there's a lot of desire for Bluetooth because people want the whole experience, which also includes buying a cool cable, which has been typically like coiled in a certain way or whatever. It's all fun colors, yeah. matches your keycaps, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
it's so uh it's such a weird it's such a weird thing to me in terms of the like I can't really think of any other the reason why I like wanted to talk about this with you because there's not I can't think of like other hobbies that are so that are similar in that like you're building a very functional thing that's like mm-hmm. aesthetic and you're it's like this modular system that are from different vendors that you can like bring together and they're all like really custom and yep. it, it's weird it's almost like the clo- I mean I'm sure there's better analogs but it's almost like custom cars or something it's it's I don't know it's such an odd thing that you know you'd think it would have developed because like some company owned all the stuff and it was like a very top down thing but it seems like that's not the case right no. it's like very mixed it's and match. all interoperable like there yeah. are some some very particular edge cases with things that don't work together but it's almost not worth going into them because they're they it's like an offshoot of an offshoot of the mm-hmm. hobby but by and large it's like there are these standardized ways in which all of these parts connect with each other. And that's just how it works. And, you know, I think honestly, if anybody tried to create a, like a uh, proprietary mechanism, it would, Uh wouldn't be accepted by the community. Because it didn't, it didn't fit in the system. So I guess that's, that's so interesting. Do you think this got built around because like of the cherry switch was so, such a thing that, that everyone just made it fit that is that do you think that's like how this happened because yes. it's so weird i do i, so... I think that the the because really the switch is what sits in between everything right yeah um and there are other switch types but again they're the ones that are rare they use like different fittings basically but the, mm-hmm. you know the cherry switch being what it was i think it was like kind of like the catalyst that allowed for this customizability because yeah. you had this like piece in the middle which could connect any keycap and any um, keyboard together. Mm-hmm. Because as well, like th- there is a company called Cherry who makes Cherry switches, but any company can make Cherry style switches. Yeah, that fit in. That like, yeah. fit in the border fit. In the- yeah. Are there? I mean, I'm sure there are, but it's so interesting because like you, you know, some someone could just make like the injection molded plastic part of the keycap that fits the switch, but then like, but with extra space to where someone can like mold in like resin, mold like stuff into resin or do like machined things or wood. And it's like something that would be on Etsy. It's like, so there are really stuff like that on Etsy, like cases on Etsy and stuff like that. Yeah. It's such a, it's such an interesting, like, uh, I mean, I guess this was happening with computers like a little bit, but it's just it's just interesting to me that it's like there's all these like hooks that you can like get into this system uh, and do like really wild customization. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just it's interesting to me. And we're that, talking uh, serious money on the high end. Like, yeah, a couple of the more popular like high end board makers. I mean, they sell their boards between five to eight hundred dollars. Wait, that's the PCB? No, like the whole keyboard. Right? The oh, okay, okay. I think it's completed. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. like without anything. Just like the the frame and the PCB. Oh, not mm. the keycap. So just not the, the keycap. So, but it's the frame and then the mm-hmm. PCB. Those are the those are the like yeah. the high dollar things. <laughs> With the plate as well, you know, like maybe it has a plate yeah. in it too. Mm-hmm. It's uh yeah it's just really it's just really interesting. <laughs> um, it's also interesting because it's like it's uh 
it's cool that like keyboards in general are like so can work on any computer like that's yep. cool and that's been that way for such a long time i mean i remember in grad school when i was doing like electronics the easiest way to interact with the computer was to get a computer chip like a keyboard brain computer chip that you could put on a pcb and so you could then make any kind of switch, right, that you could devise in like lots of ways or even with like tinfoil or whatever, uh, make it like press a key, right, For the, in terms of, of what the computer thinks. And so it's really easy to like do shortcuts and like do, you know, like mm -hmm. macros and stuff on the little computer brain to control like a computer with like bananas <laughs> or like whatever you're doing. <laughs> and it's always been that way that like the keyboards, it's like just like generic device and you can like really kind of hack your way into the computer. And so it's just interesting that this whole world of like what I think eventually are like, could be like handicrafts basically uh, like just kind of like hack their way into like computers, <laughs> like any computer, like, Oh, you can plug this keyboard into any computer. So it's, it's uh it's kind of wild. Um, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's, it also feels like it's made for Instagram, too. Like this oh, Instagram thing, is right? one of the big reasons this works. Yeah. Because, you know, people set up their whole, like, aesthetic, you know, and it's got the keyboard in the middle, and they take the pictures and post them. Yeah. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's like a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because, you know, we had talked about this um, and we're, we, you know, we were, you know, you were saying like, oh, man, this is maybe like a good studio neat thing. And we were kind of just like kind of like peeked in and was kind of looking around and seeing what it was like. I think one of the problems, the thing that would be tricky for us to get our heads around is like typically when we make a product, we want it to be like turnkey you know it's like here's this thing it's opinionated mm -hmm. uh like we've made all the choices for you buy it if you like it if not that's cool it's not for you and this feels like the no, opposite you, of you that, could do that right though. you can do that but like because you can just offer this to someone but if you make a nice design people will just buy it and just not use the key capsule switches that you recommend right because of the way the system is like you're you're building it to 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 the specs that you're using. But you're talking about making like just the case and the PCB, right? Not the whole it's not like we would ship someone a working keyboard. We like we would ship them like uh like parts. No, you could though. Like you could ship someone a completed working keyboard. This I I have them. Like I have bought like I have one that just arrived a couple of days ago. All I would need to do is plug it in via USB cable and it's ready to go. But I'm gonna take off the keycaps and swap out the switches and do all kinds of stuff to make it the way that I want it to be. But and so yeah, it doesn't feel like a waste of money for you. It doesn't feel like a big waste to do that. Because no, it's all parts I can use in something else. Hmm. You mean like another keyboard you're building and like how many yeah. keyboards do you have? Maybe six. What? Six, maybe? Oh, they said 96. I was 106? Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> maybe, maybe six right now, but I have a few more on order. And, I, you know, I swap them out. Like, I use a different one every few days. You do? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of just, you just, for fun? Or yeah, is there like some, what like, I'm, feeling. I'm doing some tasks? There's no, there's no reason for it. It's just like, oh, I want to use this one today. And then, like, I'll change the keycaps around on them so they look different and they have different aesthetic and... You know, like I'll put these on this one, this on this one, and mm -hmm. then use like option C for a bit. But like you know, it, it, if this was something that you guys wanted to do, and I do think it's something that you should do because design 
it's, it's you know, the cases. It's all design. It's all opinionated design. You can like there's a there's a company called Rama, R A M A. I think I suggested you look at them before. Like they sell um, boards with PCBs in them, basically. But you can when you when you're buying a keyboard from them, say like, give me the starter kit, where they'll also give you switches yeah. and keycaps. Yeah. And they don't assemble them, but you can, you know, companies do assemble them. It's just part of the process, right? Like anything, you just assemble them yeah. in the factory and ship them out, but they can still be swapped around later on. And, I, you know, I it's, it is the route that if you guys ever did want to do this, I would recommend because you'd be bridging the gap for some people. There's a benefit to having it uh, all pre-assembled, but also the ability to buy it not pre-assembled is a nice thing and probably not that difficult like because you don't have to have like a million SKUs it's just like you either buy the one that's all put together or you buy mm-hmm. the one that isn't put together yeah it's so funny to me Mike I, I would never have a, a six keyboards and then like choose one and like you know <laughs> mm-hmm. th- th- but that feels like it's just like pins right with you it's right exa- Where it's this, like, is it, this is exactly why this person suggested this to me because I yeah. have you know I don't know how many pens I have but like fountain <laughs> pens that I enjoy to use on a daily basis say I have like 40 of them right which I've amassed yeah. over the last 10 years of just like you know my favorite fountain pens there's, there's yeah. like a whole cabinet of things that I don't use. Um, I use two, three different ones a day for different tasks. And it's very similar for me with with the keyboard stuff. It's like, I'll be like, all right, I want to use this one for a couple of days. Great. I want to use this one now. And I use this one for a couple of days. And, oh, it would be nice if I maybe swap these keycaps over for the ones that are in this color because I think this would be a nice combination. And let me use it. I like that kind of Mm -hmm. uh, variety in the tools that I use. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think Dan, I, I'm guessing Dan's like me, where I'm very much like I want to just get the one that I think is best, and then like never think about it again. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like yes. I'm gonna like. Right, set it this off, is interesting set it <laughs> because this doesn't make you abnormal. So mm-hmm. companies, so there are two companies that make the really high end boards, the really sought after high end boards. One is called Rama Works. Just to is, clarify, because yeah. I keep getting confused, when you say board, I mean keyboard. You mean the entire keyboard. Yeah, I'm never okay. talking about the PCB when I mention okay. this, right? Because okay. PCB, to some people, in, in some instances, different PCBs can give different functionality, but ultimately, it is an, one of the least important pieces in the whole kit from a customizability standpoint. Right. Right. Yeah. But and really. What, the, and so. What is the terminology for the uh, frame slash case? Like, what is the preferred nomenclature? Keyboard or board. But that's the entire thing you just said. So when you say board, that wouldn't mean the keycaps or the switches. I'm not talking about the keycaps and the switches. Okay, so that is what board means then. So what do you say when you're trying to talk about an entire completed keyboard? I mean, I, I would never really think to... Okay, so all right, if I was all right, let me let me let me take a step back, okay? We just got to get the terminology yeah, yeah. straight here. I if I'm talking about like purely the frame, I'll call it the case. Yeah. Right? The case, okay. The, case. the whole thing together would call it the board or the keyboard, but there is like an interchangeability with the like the case board part when talking about the frame of it. 
Like just people would interchangeably use those words the way that I am. Mm-hmm. But you'd have the overall thing is a keyboard, right? And it has all yeah. of the components. Um, I think one of the reasons why this is a difficult uh, thing to talk about in this way with the terminology is it's such a visual medium that mm-hmm. the context really kind of tells you what I'm talking about. But yes, yeah. for the, for our sake of our conversation, uh, the case is like the frame. Then you have the PCB and then when it's all assembled, we can call that the board or the keyboard. But okay. companies, like the high-end companies, one called Ramaworks and one called Keycult, and they are very well respected. They make very high-end product, um, you know, and they release a few products a year. The people that make these products, they only use their own keyboards. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, They're like, they the do best. not use products by other people because why would they? Right, yeah. I assume is their thinking, but like I've heard interviews of them, and I follow them all on Instagram. The only keyboard you ever see these makers using is their own ones, yeah. because they put all this effort into designing these things, which are usually made out of the materials you know: aluminium, stainless steel, PVD coating, all that kind of stuff. Right? There's brass in there sometimes, and like these. This is why I think of you guys because it's all materials you are used to of course it's very Mm -hmm. different in construction but things that Mm -hmm. you know but they you know and both of these keyboard companies they make very clean simple designs by and large right like they you know they they aren't doing some of the more radical things that you that i do see especially the stuff that's made out of plastics tend to be a little bit more radical you know like the my favorite designs, my favorite keyboard designs are the Rama boards. I think they are beautiful. It's like taking an old style of keyboard with these huge chunky bezels and mm-hmm. making it out of aluminium and making them modern looking. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite keyboard is that the I own is called the Rama U80, which is just, I, I absolutely adore it. Like it's a, it's a really very classic i think look um do you know what this reminds me of <clears throat> so much the, like this <clears throat> rama brand and like the style it's like normcore it's like it's like uh what all the sh- like the sneaker brands are doing where it's like yeah it's so funny like the color scheme the lines and everything is mm-hmm. so um you're like clean retro we very clean you know, mustard yep. like yeah you know it's funny mm-hmm. and it's both, all the way down and brahma especially uh i think has a hype beast like feel to it yeah, yeah, yeah they are the strongest brand like they sell yeah. merchandise right as well that people yeah. buy right and like yeah. anything that they make sold out Right, and, and we're talking like they make like film canisters for film cameras immediately sells out. Like people are just in on that lifestyle, yeah. right? It's that kind yeah. of brand. Um, so yeah, hmm. so interesting. I have a que- I have a question about keycaps. Yeah, they are. We've discussed this previously. Like they're the interchangeability. Like all keycaps are have the same area. Are they the same, like, form? No. Like, are they all identical? No. There's, um, even though they all, again, all is, there's an asterisk, but let's just say all. Even though all keycaps 
fit the same switches. They all fit those cherry st- switches. It's mm-hmm. called an MX style is the name. They have different profiles. So whilst they mm-hmm. occupy the same physical area, the shape of the keycaps differ. So it would be uh, unorthodox to mix and match keycaps from different companies because the shapes would be different. Well, no, you see weird. different companies still conform to the shape size, shapes. Oh, so there's like a few different varieties of shape yeah. sizes and everyone adheres to those. Yeah, and some companies have their own profile, their own shape, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, by and large, people make Cherry-style keycaps, right? So it's, again, emulating the company Cherry. They have their own style of keycap. Uh, and the the company I mentioned earlier, GMK, who are the like the, the big company, they make mm. exclusively Cherry-style keycaps, which is the typical style. But then mm. there are lots of different ones with different heights and different shapes. Um, and you could mix and match those, but you you kind of just wouldn't at mm-hmm. the same time. Really, yeah. like you, you, yeah. You're best off. There's so many options in each of the profiles that you could just get multiple uh, different keycap sets and mix and match them if you want to. I don't think there's a ton of mixing and matching, though, honestly, but mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I think people do do it. But typically these days, at least in the custom mechanical keyboard scene, as it were, the keycap set designs come with very strong design influences and mm-hmm. so it's like it, w- it would be weird i think in a lot of instances to mix and match although of course there can be a little bit of it but i, I think typically people would just have like i will use this set today and this set mm-hmm. another day mm-hmm. hmm. it's uh what's interesting guys i'm like looking on this rama you know website which is like very like looks like it's like a luxury brand right they are but then they brand. also have this like injection mold this kit is their new for product. doing your own custom keycaps right and that's like yeah. so interesting oh <laughs> right like, that yeah 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 that's the thing that they made once where like if you wanted to make what's called like artisan keycaps where you yeah, might like want to sculpt it you know, or whatever yeah they, they sold them they, they used to sell a mold for that so you could do that but i yeah, thought you were going to mention a keyboard that they're making i have made which is uh going to be um in like it's being sent out soon called the Kara, which is a one hundred and sixty dollar uh injection molded keyboard mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. is one of the newer things that's happened in the last twelve months is companies are trying to produce keyboards that are good starter keyboards for people that are becoming interested in the hobby yeah because you know if you're rama you can't i mean it's difficult to to try and say to someone why they should spend five hundred dollars with you but you yeah. might be able to convince them to spend 160 because it has that look that they've seen and this is a like a starter point and that this is becoming yeah. more of a of a thing uh, now as well for like but what yeah. what is called budget or entry uh keyboards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what a world but it's just interesting to me that um like in i guess teenage engineering like did has done this too where it's like you know you make this really high-end, super opinionated design thing, but it has, like, entry points, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a closed wall, like, hey, this is luxury, you can't touch it. It's like, you know, it's um, it's, ma- it's made to, like, 
kind of be tinkered with um and they and and that's just i don't know it's like a really um it feels like the future like it feels like you know why wouldn't there be a cottage industry cottage industry of like you know young designers making like wild 3d printed keycaps you know what i mean Mm -hmm. when the technology is like a little bit better like it just it feels um feels very modern the whole thing and it's you know it's 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 really empowering a bunch of designers uh both hardware designers and visual designers Mm -hmm. to create Mm -hmm. their own products and people are making very serious money if they have a success on their hands Mm -hmm. yeah and it is becoming more and more often that people do have successes on their hands like if you Mm -hmm. can make something like you guys are familiar with tim van dam right it's max voltar Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i've come to 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 know him a little bit more recently because he is also in the keyboard hobby and (laughs) he is now designing some key sets of his own Mm-hmm. It's like there's more and more people I'm seeing that are like they have these strong visual design ideas and they are now going out and making something. Yeah, and, why wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, especially in this because it's like it's a it's a walled garden in terms of like, yeah, there's a lot of variables, but not that many. And so it's a really good place to start. You know, yeah. it's like you can, <laughs> you know, you can um, it feels like approachable, you know. Uh, yeah, it's all very interesting. It's all very interesting. I really want you guys to to make a really beautiful, solid aluminium keyboard. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <clears throat> I think the the holdup is 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 in my mind. Uh, in my mind, the thing that I would like want to way to, the way to approach it would be like, "Hey, everyone, there's this cool thing, like kind of like we did with the." And I don't actually know if this is true, but the the story I told myself when we were making like the Mark One pin, where it's like our audience and like our customer base probably are not pin people. But we can make a cool pin and kind of like introduce them to like what a really cool pin feels like and mm-hmm. is, right? And um, I feel like this would be similar where we don't have an audience of like keyboard people, um, but we have an audience of people who like care about the objects in their lives, right? And yeah. so, uh, you know, could we make a keyboard where this would be like a, hey, this keyboard is like better than your keyboard and it's like, you know, cool. Well, see, and, I but, think that you for the all of the same reasons that you made the mark 1 you can do that because your audience uses keyboards more than they do pens uh, would be my yeah. assumption uh but <laughs> there is just that i think it's easier to ex- to explain to somebody why they would want a pen just because there's a lot of institutional yeah. right. idea around it and and you know like if you really wanted to make something nice it's like the economics of it but I think that this is a thing which is becoming more and more, much more and more prevalent. Like yeah. I keep seeing people like in technology, you know, they all post pictures of their Keychron keyboards that they just got because Keychron is one of the like companies that offers a very basic keyboard and they're pretty much always in stock. Like it's where mm-hmm. it's like my, like one of my first keyboards was a Keychron keyboard. Like I love my Keychron. It's great. Uh, plus they offer 
Bluetooth keyboards, which is rare, right? And people mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. want that or think that they would prefer that. Um, so, like, I, you know, I, I am very confident that there is a market there for you, but I understand that finding the way to explain that to yeah. someone, mm-hmm. um, it does offer, I think, or pose sig- a significantly different challenge than the Mark One did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, we're talking about like if we're like, hey, we're gonna make this whole keyboard. It's like it's a lot of things to make, especially like keycap. You know, it's just like well, it's you, like you a shouldn't lot make of... the keycaps though. You wouldn't make. But the see, then, but see, then you're selling, then you're selling a thing that's not a keyboard. No, because right? you can work with. Yeah, I guess that's true. You can Somewhat. you can have your own yeah. design and just work with one of the manufacturers to just produce mm-hmm. the amount of sets that you want. Yeah, you know we don't do collaborations, Mike. Okay, <laughs> right. Well, then it's, you, then you're gonna need a lot more machines, my friend. I mean, like yeah. you could, like yes, you could make keycaps, and people have, but I don't think it would be worth it for you, and the tooling yeah. would be bananas yeah. that you'd have to yeah. to produce. When there are companies where their business is making keycaps for people, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with custom printing on them or yeah. whatever. And yeah. of course, the issue you'd have is, you know, you it would. That's a dependency and it's a timeline and all that kind of stuff. But you can you can plan for that. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I would never recommend, if, if you decided you wanted to do this, don't make your own switches, don't make your own keycaps. Just work yeah. with people that already do these things. Buy what you need to buy from them. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And you guys should make, I mean, honestly, like, again, like, I don't even know if you should make your own PCB. There are a lot of PCB options out there that already exist. Uh, you, yeah, like why would you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there really isn't uh, for a lot. A lot of instances, there really isn't a need to uh, reinvent the wheel. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's also interesting. It's. Uh, I feel like I feel like there's opportunity to like do something that feels like natural or like kind of high end, but that isn't crazy expensive. Um, and we always like to kind of approach those challenges where it's like, this is like high end, but it's not luxury, you know, it's yep. like nice, but not luxury. And I, f- I feel like, I think there is space that. for that. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. there really is at the moment, there's like, um, lower end of the pricing tends to be plastic and then yeah. higher end tends to be metals. Yeah. There is a space in the middle, I think, where you yeah. could make still make metal based keyboards, but them not be uh four hundred plus dollars. Yeah. Well maybe not. I mean getting a solid piece of metal in the machine gets like kind of crazy. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. It's still funny though, like looking on these <clears throat> keyboard websites, it's like Oh, here's a super customized object on your desk. And then there's just like default mouse, default computer. <laughs> and it's just like, when will everything be this way? <laughs> Maybe someday. Dan, I'm very conscious of the fact that you haven't spoken very much this episode. So <laughs> I really yeah. feel like there's only one thing that we can do for you. Oh, what's that? So I think we should do a quick dance tech corner before we wrap up today. Oh, man. What a treat. I know. For the for the listeners, it's, it's obviously for the listeners. It's for the Dan fans who feel like they've gotten shortchanged by this episode. Where my Dan stands at? Oh, Dan stands. Interesting. Okay. God, we sound old. Uh, Tom, can you play us the song, please? Uh, play it. 
uh, you sorry, mean give us a live rendition of your incredibly way? composed jingle, please. <clears throat> Dan's Tech Corner. Oh, that was unexpected and horrifying. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that one as much as I usually do. <laughs> Dan, what is on your mind? Well, you're supposed to pick. Oh, you want me to pick? Okay, so we don't have anything. Like, what was that? What was it last time? Oh, I forgot the exact wording, which is a shame because I enjoyed it so much, but I've forgotten the wording now. Um, The thing about Apple hardware computers? Apple hardware computers. That was it. Oh, man, that's so good. If we ever started a band, that should be the name of our band. Facebook Portal. Why is this I didn't add this one actually. I oh. don't know why this is in <laughs> How here. What is happening? What? Is I think I think this is Facebook portal is the only thing that I've ever added to this document. Okay, but we kind of talked about it. We don't even talk about it because we right. kind of talked about it. Okay, fine. And I also yeah. don't want you to be pre- presenting the dance tech corner today. <laughs> uh, all right. So Apple Watch numerals face. Did you add that one, Dan? I did. Oh man, that one's been in there forever since the beginning. Okay. We finally get to talk about it. This mm-hmm. is very. Uh, this is. Uh, this is a short one. This is a brief tech corner. Uh, this is just giving some praise to what I think is a clever piece of design on the Apple Watch that has gone kind of uh, unheralded or, or unnoticed a little bit. There is a, uh, so I'm talking about the Apple watch and obviously there are like many faces you can choose from and they, it seems like they add some every OS update. Mm-hmm. This one has been on the Apple watch, I believe since the beginning, since version one. And the name of the face is called numerals. And, uh, to visually describe it, it is a, it has like analog hands. So an hour hand, a minute hand and a second hand. And then it has a big numeral that is kind of like oversized and it's occupies the space roughly of where the hour marker would go. So if it's 12 o'clock, there's a big 12 that's at the top of the face. But otherwise, aside from that numeral and the watch hands, the face is blank there are no indices or any other markings you can have one complication on this design but i just have it with no complications it's just for telling time and so what i think is cool about this face or what what is interesting about it is to me it's a clever piece of design that kind of threads the needle between analog faces and digital faces Mm -hmm. where whenever people and it's usually young people say they can't read analog hands like they have to use a digital watch because it's like hard for them to read a watch face i think what their actual hang up is the hour hand because i think at least in my experience the minute hand is a very natural way to think about the progression of an hour because it's basically a pie chart. And so you just kind of like, it gets divided into quarters. And um, so when you're thinking like it's quarter till whatever, or it's half past whatever, it's like you're, you're dividing the face into sections. And to me, that's like a very natural way to I would also expect that you're 
in the course of a day more likely to see each of these sections than in the mm-hmm. minute hand mm-hmm. than the hour hand. Yes, yeah. yes. So that to me, like to me, having a pie graph of that divides up the hour is like a very natural. Like that is a good visual pairing of like how to think about the progression of an hour. Um. But I think where people get tripped up is reading the hour because that is not as natural to, um, you know, to be uh, it, it, dividing up the day into like twelfths and then it like repeats <laughs> uh, one time is not it kind of like doesn't you have to think about it. And then if you have a, a face that has the numerals. Uh, indicated you have to do the thing where it's like okay it's in between these two and so i have to like round down to the previous one and i think there's like this a little bit of brain fix- friction that trips up um people that aren't used to reading analog watch faces and so what i think is so clever about this design is it keeps the niceness of analog faces in terms of the minute hand, but it adds these little training wheels, if you will, of the uh, of indicating the hour in a very prominent way. So I started using this face uh, kind of in the first year of Apple Watch, and it really clicked with me. And I think now... For me, at least, I'm f- I can read the time faster on this face than either a purely analog face or a purely digital re- face. I mean, purely digital, it's probably quite close, but I feel like it's just they did a good job of basically like a hybrid design, which is obviously only possible in this like kind of digital uh, configuration. And so, yeah, I think basically, long story short, is I think this is an overlooked watch face where if you're looking for kind of a cool clever design and you are okay with like not having a ton of complications like you just want the uh the time then uh i think people should check it out never really abuse this one um but i understand what you're saying i think it does one of the things that apple watch faces so rarely do which is take advantage of the fact that they're computers and can display multiple different types of things mm-hmm. in when it comes to telling time. I think Apple far too frequently tries to emulate a traditional watch design with the Apple Watch face. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite examples of this is something I've heard our friend David Smith say many times, which is like, why on the hands that show, uh, say, a date... Mm-hmm. Why can the hour hand ever hide the date? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why should it, it ever be hidden? <laughs> it can move. And I've seen David, like he he was definitely had a, a span of time where he was creating a lot of watch face designs just for fun. And mm-hmm. I remember he made one where he sped it up and you could watch. And if you watch it sped up, he would make one where the hour, sorry, like where the date would just move as the mm-hmm. out as like yeah. the hands were going over it in a way that you wouldn't necessarily see it happening as the, the, the uh, user, but you all you would know is you could always see what the date was. And it's like little things like that where they make these very peculiar decisions to try and emulate watch design. And I think far, they have far too many of whether, especially where there's any type of traditional uh, clock involved, mm-hmm. they just try to too faithfully emulate that. And this is one of those instances where they don't because, yes, they have the hour and minute hands and second hand, but also a huge digital readout as well. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what and so thanks for bringing that up because actually that is another another clever thing about this face. I had mentioned you can have one complication if you want, and that complication is placed in a corner, but the corner it's in changes so that it's never blocked by the huge numeral or the minute hand uh, or the hour hand. So it's kind of always moving. Oh, it's never blocked by the minute hand? Like it's out of the way? Yeah, yeah. Um, It would would bug me, though, at the same time that the complication moves because the complication is the thing that I'm supposed to be able to see. So I would want it to be in a relative place. Mm-hmm. Well, know. but if there's so little on the watch face, I bet it'll be always easy to find. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. true, because true, there true. is only one place where there's like text. Dan, do you know what happens when the hour changes? Does it like fade out? It's a very fast uh, fan transition. And yeah, it there is some transition there. Like, I don't know if it cross fades or if it like fades out and then fades in quickly, but it's a. You know, it's a it's a quick transition. Mm. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't move necessarily. Like if it was going from four to five. Oh it yeah, it, mo- it moves because the numeral is positioned where it should be on the face. But it sna- It like snaps. It doesn't like uh, tween or anything. It's like literally like one fades out and one fades up. Like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The n- gotcha. the number itself, yeah, is not sliding. Yeah, I see what you're right. saying. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think Apple is in an awkward spot, and they did it from the very beginning when they made this face a rectangle, or, you know, mm-hmm. a rounded rack. It it breaks, you know, this thing would look so much better as a watch, and now that basically their hopes were dashed, and these aren't, like, general purpose computers, and now they're just, like, little information displays, like, that's really what everyone uses an Apple Watch for... I, I, it's too bad they're not round because mm-hmm. it's just like that's what I wish the Apple Watches were round everyone Maybe wishes too. they're round because <laughs> they, it's like well, saying, I say this Tom and I get a lot of people tell me that it's a wild thing to ask for uh, yeah. but it's not I, a wild thing to ask I for I would love a round Apple Watch I just think it would look so much nicer uh, yeah. And I believe yeah. in Apple's ability to recreate the UI to be circular rather than oh, rectangular. They could now. I mean, I, I, I get from the beginning when they're like, you know, their hopes for the Apple Watch were so high. Remember that? It was like, this is going to be everything. Like, yeah. you can you're text gonna, on gonna, it or whatever. You're going to doodle an image of a fish to indicate <laughs> that you want sushi. My favorite, my absolute favorite, though, was when they were like, and it's going to replace hotel room keys. It's like, yeah. no. Nope. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, it's not going to do that. But now what? Now it's like literally just either like touch control for like, like changing the song or something mm-hmm. or like answering a phone call or just information display. And you can do all yeah. that around it's, face very it's easily. Ti- it's time notifications. <clears throat> fitness are like yeah. the big three. And then there's yeah. other obviously things that kind of like branch off of those things. But everyone knows you can't do real fitness tracking on a round face. We all know that, right? Like yeah, thing. you <laughs> can, right? <laughs> it would be better. Because all they want is the rings. It's like, oh, look, their whole thing is this rings. It's like, oh, that should go in a circle. And so it's just so, it's so awkward to me that it's still that way. And I I hope that they'll just bite the bullet and make the transition uh, because it's obvious that's what should happen. Um, If I think they, 
if, if they pursue a round watch, my guess would be that they would continue to offer both. Like they would offer the rectangular one and it would be like a bif- sport version. It or would something. be bifurcated in some way. I actually think the round one would probably be more like the sport version because hmm. they would pare down the UI. Like it would be able to do fewer things. Uh, like they might not even have like email on it, for example, because it's like, that's mm-hmm, might be kind of awkward. awkward to display that. And so it's yeah. like, here's the sport, you know, kind of like simpler version. Um, that like it's really good at fitness it's really good at telling the time it's really good at like having some cool watch faces and like displaying notifications but kind of doing apps or anything beyond that it's maybe not that great at and so it would be better that would be a better thing yeah Yeah. i I want that i could see for kids you know like it it also it's like sport or kids you know which is like a more limited function but can make a phone call or whatever yeah for me for for me personally like I just know that I would be happier visually if mm-hmm. it was a round watch rather than a rectangle. For sure. For sure. That to me is the, it's like, I like, it took me a while to come around to the Apple Watch. I was like a day one user. And for that first year of the like Series Zero, I was just like, I don't know if this thing is for me or not. Like I was, it was kind of a, I was like, well, I bought this thing, so I might as well, you know, give it a go and wear it. And then honestly, like back to the numerals face, that is when it really started clicking to me when I started asking it to do less, right? I was like, I don't want to have the modular face with all these like complications on it. It's like, let's ask it to do less and then have it kind of come to me with, you know, notifications or things like that, rather than always, you know, trying to like fiddle with the watch to do things. And that Mm -hmm. made me a much happier Apple Watch user, but... I have never been happy with just like how it sits on the wrist. Like I would never wear it with like a suit or like, you know, like fancy clothes. Like it doesn't look right. I don't know if it's just the rectangular face or there's like other aspects of it that contribute to that. But I think having like a round face, it would be much closer to like, this is just like a nice looking object that you can wear in any context. Well, it's also just wild that it's not even a square. It's, it, you know, it's like if it was a square, it would be better, but it's not even a square. And so it's just like, you know, it's it, it's Wait, why yeah, it's would a square so, you think a square would visually, be better like, than a rectangle? Yeah, because if you look at any of these like watch faces on it, right, where it's like trying to pretend to be like ape, a traditional analog watch. Mm-hmm. It's awkward that they're like trying to shove all this stuff in a rectangle and fill the corners and stuff. But if it if you look at them, they're all stretched out too because unless they like force them into a circle, right? And just have a lot of blank margin. But when they try to like fit it in, it's like even weirder cuz not yeah. only are they filling the corners, but I it's don't pulled. I don't really agree with that cuz like rectangular traditional watch watches exist and those are more prevalent than like square watches and if you look at square like fitness trackers like fitbits or whatever that are square like i think the apple watch looks nicer than those so i don't agree that it should be a square versus a rectangle but i think we all agree it should just be a circle yeah i mean things are Things are that watches are around for a reason, right? It's like a very deep seated reason why they're around. <laughs> so it's like, it's, 
I don't know if it's something to like mess with. Um, so one, when, one thing when, I think they should do if, if they do go to a circular, one thing that I think they should do that would be cool is you have the, you have a circular face. So the crown is now, uh, like at three o'clock, like it's directly kind of centered. Mm -hmm. And so you could now have two buttons, like one below it and one Mm. above it. And then I think they can change their, like almost anytime you're like doing something like a stopwatch or, or whatever, replying to a notification or whatever, there's, there's usually like two choices, like two buttons. And so you could then map those options to physical buttons instead of like tapping the screen like you could tap the screen also but like you could do some cool like curved ui things where it's like you have these notifications come up and you like are actually pressing a physical button uh in lieu of uh oh like to select the notification or something yeah yeah or or to like yeah so like for example like if you have a stopwatch It's like there's two buttons that's like stop, you know, start and reset or whatever. And then like those could be mapped to physical buttons and it might like there's lots of possibilities there, I think. Make a round watch. Uh, Mm -hmm. Galaxy watches are round watches and they Mm. do a lot of the things you're mentioning. So they have buttons on the side like traditional watches would and they actually you can use them for functions. And also, I don't know if they're still like this, but I, I think they are actually, you know, that the um. I don't remember what it's called, but you know that like the the on a, on some watches you would have the band that you can turn, mm. like on the front. What like, do you mean the band? Like there's like uh, a ring around the watch that you can. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like a bezel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The yeah. Galaxy watches have that as a way to interact with UI. Yeah, it's a very. Hmm. I've always looked at the, the Samsung watches and thought these are designed very well. I always think they look very good. And I think that the, the UI that they have and the way that you interact with the product, there's always been a part of me. It's like, I kind of wish the Apple watch weren't like that, to be honest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, I bet they'll, to me, what I want is like thinking about kids, you know, like I don't really want to get our kids a cell phone anytime soon, but I would totally get them an Apple watch where they could like call and be like tracked and, you know, mm-hmm. and like have the safety aspects of it. Um, yeah. And having like a kid version that's like less expensive, like smaller round and just like pared down for that or like a quote sport version like that feels like a real winning product. And so, yeah, maybe that I mean, they have that they have that currently by just selling like the three year old models. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the SE, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm, yeah, which is overpriced. Yeah. Well, should we mark? Is this? Do we have enough confidence here to mark it in the predictions section of our document? Uh, <laughs> well, wait. What would you mean that they're going to release a round Apple Watch? Yeah, just do we think this will ever happen? Oh, I bet it'll happen. I don't know when though. I'm not confident they'll do it, even though I think they should. I bet you, if if they eventually have glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like if they have glasses and a watch, why wouldn't they have kind of have more thing, you know, like more go into this wearable tech? Uh, yeah, I, so honestly, I, I wonder if how how long the Apple Watch as a product continues once these glasses take off. Mm. I don't know yeah, if I mean, you like need both of those. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of people who don't wear glasses in general. 
And then are they going to wear clear glasses inside? I think that's 100% their intention, yeah. Hmm. I don't think that these AR glasses products are just to replace uh, sight correction glasses. Well, yeah, I know, but I just, I mean, it's quite a cultural shift. Just be like, hey, you just wear wear these. (laughs) Which makes sense. I think there were a lot of people that wear Apple. I mean, it's not not the same, but I think a lot of people that wear Apple watches didn't wear watches before. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's not the same thing, but it's, it's a step. Yeah, people area. might not want to uh, wear glasses when they're exercising and stuff, though. Um, yeah. Possibly. I, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily... Uh, I wouldn't expect the glasses to fully cannibalize the watch. I bet no, it would no. continue to. I'm not saying that it definitely would, but I could, I could just imagine that these products would end up fulfilling many of the same needs. Not all. I think the health sensor yeah. stuff will probably continue to advance on the Apple Watch at a far greater rate than they could do it on a product like that. But if it comes to like, you know, like if you are an Apple glasses wearer, you're not going to want notifications on your Apple Watch anymore, right? Like if, well, if you're all in on that lifestyle. But this is the company that makes like lots of just glass rectangles that do all the same mm-hmm. thing, <laughs> you know? So, well, but I mean, I if we listen to you, though, they're all going to converge eventually, so it won't matter. Right? Yeah. When, when is yeah. TVOS merging with Glasses OS? That's what I <laughs> want to know. It's obvious. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 67.